Kia ora Aotearoa, welcome to Rebet Live. My name is Rebet Hollis. We've been doing this show now for quite a while. We're over 340 episodes or something and it's, it's going pretty lovely and pretty well. Welcome to the show. This show, we uh, love this intersection between business and creativity and content and commerce and culture and, you know, all sorts of things. And things that I'm very proud of to, to talk about, things that I'm passionate about, and a platform we can kind of learn, share, repeat, and pass on what we know to others. Today on the show, we're very fortunate enough to have a man by the name of Junior Kaleopa. Junior Kaleopa, Samoan, weapon. He's a content creator that's on the come up and one of the rising stars in the, in the American uh, scene on, on Instagram, and TikToks and the YouTubes and whatever. Um, and the funky intersection between humor, but uh, that, that, that kind of really intersects with, with culture and with community. And uh, so why I'm excited and why I wanted to reach out for him is because I've been seeing his content uh, pop up for a while now through the good old algorithm that is. And it feels like there's an underlying thread that I want to jump into with as a content creator, some of the pressures and this and that and all the rest of it. Uh, so we're going to be jumping in with that. So uh, if you've uh, been listening along to be it live wherever you have been doing it however you have been appreciate you listening um you know if you're in a car on the way to the office whatever it may be i thank you so much for tuning in and uh, you can also get uh the podcast anywhere you want on the rover app with the today fm crew uh, as well as anywhere you just search in hashtag rebet live and you're off to the races so on today's episode of rebet live we talk with we talk with junior kaleopa content weapon based in the states one of the rising stars in the content game. Let's get into it. Rock and roll. Kia ora, brother. How are you? Good. Talofa. How you doing? <laughs> it, is it weird starting off with Talofa when we've just done, done the math and realised that you may be Samoan, but you're not in Samoa. You're not in Aotearoa. You're in the USA of America. So where are you living and what's going on, buddy? So I live in uh, pretty much Lehigh, Utah. So south of uh, Salt Lake City. So I'm doing insurance, that's my profession. Um, but right now I've fallen in love with content creation. So I've been focusing full time on that as well. Now, one of the reasons, or the main reason I actually was uh, interested to have a chat with you as well, Junior, is when I came across your content, it was this funny mix of of humor and care and, um, and music and this kind of, this, this intersection of all these kind of cool things which you know, if you're Māori or Pacifica or whatever, it was like you get down with a bit of boogie, down with a bit of humour, down with a good little bit of music and whatever. Um, but more importantly is as a, I would maybe say you're a creator on the rise, would probably be be, be fair to say, but also um, the, the mix where the passion of creation for you is, is clearly pure and real and now you're starting to mix into the world of now you're getting viewers, now you're getting followers, now there's going to be brand deals, now there's going to be this commercial element. And the intersection of creativity, content and commerce is always something that I, I love I love sort of chatting through because it's it's such an evolving beast, especially with the algorithms and all the rest of it. So maybe we'll, we'll run back a, a little bit. Life's cranking away. You realize you got a bit of banter. What was the moment you decided to step out from, I guess, being a, a you know, a, 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 I guess, private to public or align the sand or something? Was there a moment that you specifically were like, hey, I want to start creating and going in the public eye? Hey, this makes sense. Like, was there a was there a moment to go from public to private and whatever? And, and talk me through that. Maybe we'll start there. Oh, man. So it was, I would say, August 2020, beginning of August. 
And I was like, man, should I get into the content creation space? Because I, I really have a lot of good ideas. But for the longest time, I, I was scared to put my, my content out there. I mean, as a, as a, a lot of people are, you know, when they have ideas, like, oh, that would be funny on the Internet. But I'm scared to post that. So <laughs> that was my attitude for the longest time until I was like, you know what? Forget about it. I'm just going to I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put myself out there and see what it will do for people or, or whatnot. And obviously uh, now fast forward now, I mean, back then I only had like three to 500 followers when I first started, but now I'm at 45,000 followers. Um, and that's wholeheartedly surprised me. And, you know, in that case, I was just like, oh man, people actually like my stuff. <laughs> um, but the challenge is, you know, coming up with content uh, consistently. But with me, I have ADHD, so um, with my content, or just my page, it just surrounds everything mental health. Like, if I can make you laugh and distract you from whatever anxiety that you're going through through the day, that's pretty much what my platform is, to, to create a positive environment, whoever, whatever you're going through. So um, that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm doing. <laughs> Well, well, that was part of it too, because I obviously, you know, talking about mental health being a, a big part of it, the bit that I I find intriguing is when you're utilising your skill set as an outlet that can actually scale value to others through through digital platforms, right? Like, so your headspace is not, hey, let me do this for the gram and let me get famous. It's actually, hey, there's these things in my head which I want to create for myself and the byproduct that is also then potentially helping other people. But I want to, you said something right at the start, which I want to jump into for a sec, Junior, was uh, the fear of putting yourself out there, you know, uh, in New Zealand, uh, you know, if you stand up outside the, you know, uh, out from the rest of others, it's called the tall poppy syndrome, you know, they cut, they cut that shit down. Everyone's like, ah, stuff these guys, he's doing good for himself, whatever. Uh, what was the driver of the, the fear that you wouldn't, didn't want to back yourself to start? Was it like shame of putting yourself out there of like, oh, maybe they don't like my idea or is it this, you know, like, what was the what was the the handbrakes of fear that was I guess holding on to yourself before you could actually pull the trigger to to go go uh, live and actually back yourself? I think it was just like um, criticism. I was always conscious of criticism, like especially in sports. I played football, volleyball. And like, hey, don't do it that way. You know, coach like would say, hey, don't do it that way. And I kind of like did that and applied it to content creation. Like, oh, I shouldn't do it that way because it might be dumb so I've always had these voices in my head and that's what really <clears throat> um, kept me from content creation for a long time I mean I have videos and videos <laughs> in my phone <laughs> just waiting for it to be released but I didn't want to but now you know I somehow conjured up the confidence to do it and was like you know what forget about everything just just do it and my wife's a big supporter of like all the creation that I've done in the past, you're like, you should just do it because it, I have a creative outlet and it just needs to be let out. So I was like, you know what? You're right. So I'm just going to do it um, regardless of, you know, all that. So, well, it's that fear. The other thing as well that's going to come with it is, you know, the bigger you get, the more eyeballs going to be on you and the more eyeballs, the percentage of it. Have you thought of a formula of how you navigate that criticism when you decide to put yourself out there? Have you thought through, 
you know, like how do you approach the, the headspace of the feedback of others or, you know, as much as even though your intent is right, I'm sure if someone says this dude sucks a million times, if you get a million followers and you've got 10,000 different people saying you're a piece of shit, it probably is yep. not going to feel so good. So have you thought about like the future wave of how you navigate? Because everyone that's become successful yep. has a mental formula that they work through or, or they've got their own sort of process or thing. Have you th- like started to think about that? Have you dealt with that already after you decided to put yourself out there, how it sort of rolled? Talk me through that. Yeah. So as much as I'm emulating positivity with my with my content and trying to spread good cheer, I feel like there's an opposition in all things and I am getting, you know, ragged on all the content that I am creating. And you know the formula to that? Um, and the cool thing is, is that I respond back to negative comments with positivity. Say, hey, I saw that you commented something mean about my content. I don't know what you're going through. I hope you're doing well. But uh, yeah, I hope you're having a good day. So basically, that's what I'm what I've been doing. Other than you know, usual Samoan anger, like cussing. <laughs> <laughs> What's your address? I'm coming to your house. We're gonna fight. No, no, no. So um, basically, trying to surround positivity on, on all things, especially with the the negativity. So, um, and honestly, I've been getting positive feedback on that too. So battling negativity with positivity. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Well, the, you know, level one is, you know, you can reply back to one to one, but as soon as you get to a hundred thousand, 200,000, 500,000 million, you know, you don't have the bandwidth to actually be able to scale, scale that thing. So you're going to do it. But, you know, one of the, the things I've thought about when, um, you know, I, that's why I wear this little thing on my wrist that says learn, share, repeat. It's this idea of, you know, who do I know? Who can I get to talk to? How do I, you know, constantly, you know, pass that on to others or whatever is the price of putting yourself out there comes at a cost. But for me, the way I think of it is net-net, um, if it's going to be helping others, the bad stuff is the cost of doing business. And as long as my ratio is high enough, it's okay. So if it's like 95% awesome, 5% think I suck or the other thing sucks or whatever it is, it's like, that's the cost of doing business. That's a bad debt, write it off and you're on to the next. So you're like net, net positive. It's usually pretty good. But do you get, um, have you worried about the potential like time and resource of, of scaling that? Because the other part to it as well is you get fearful to post and after you do post, then it's like, do you get fearful of doing more the bigger it gets because you may have more to lose, you know, like that 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 next wave that potentially comes with with it of of the rising popularity of things? Yeah, you know, like with content creation, as you know, before when I started, I was like, I wasn't worried about anything. But now, like these people are commenting and saying, I love your stuff, you're doing great, like keep posting, do doing what you're doing. I was like, and I'm at this moment, I'm like, okay. Now I need to be strategic about the content I'm actually putting out instead of not, I don't know, being being complacent, I guess. So What's well, that strategic piece to it as well, right? Because then you start getting that feedback loop. And that's why I was interested to ask with how you start to think about that when it's like, oh, this is mean. And then do these questions pop in and I'm like, oh, is this funny enough to post? Should is this is yeah. this good enough? You know, that is. So where's your where's your head at now with like how you sort of think about creation? Now you've gone to where you're at so far. So now, like with my with my followers, I do have and you know, the comments that I've reviewed and things like that. It's got me thinking. Okay, people like 
this kind of content that I've released. So I'm going to do something accordance to that. But I'll be honest when I don't get enough. And it, I think this is just social media in itself. When I don't get enough likes where I didn't have likes in the beginning or I didn't care, it's kind of like affected my mind where like, oh, this content's not good enough, you know? And I'm just like, uh, what was your mindset before? Just keep creating content and, you know, let the algorithm flow, you know? So, well, that, that's going to be such a battle, right? Because the intent of the creation is to help with the mental health, but then the journey right. of going through that creation as it scales is you have to like almost battle your own mind to keep going for the reason and stay, stay true yeah. to yourself that got you there. And so one of the things I, you know, went through my own stuff and I put on the big whiteboard, I was like, don't forget what got you here. You know, right. don't forget what, and LeBron was getting interviewed recently and he was just saying, you know, at a certain point, every decision you make, you're going to have two sides. So you can never think about the feedback on it, but then know, know who you're and what you're doing. So that's kind of, I guess, where the headspace now, which is, which is pretty cool. So now talk me, talk me through this, this pro you talked about being HD, talking about content creation. You talk about these ideas, the, um, what's the driver of these sort of concepts be like, how do you think about I like content creation or con concept creation? Do you document things down? How do you like where the genesis of these ideas? Like, like there was one, there was, um, I think it was like a Morgan Wallen remix with, with something yeah. which is super funny. That, that was so funny. Um, <laughs> what was it? What was it mixed with like Warren G or something? What was yeah. that? Regulators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Regulate regulators. Right. So there's these, these, these moments and these snippets and you have these things, but there's also this, um, this cultural layer, which you sort of touch on too. Maybe we can get into that um, a little bit as well. So talk me through the, the content creation and then also how you sort of touch on these interesting parts of society and community, which I think has been missing in, in content for a bit, which I, I actually uh, really enjoyed that was uh, kind of drawn to some of your content too. So talk me through the, I guess, some of the, the creation creative process of, of, of creation. Yeah. So when I'm, to be honest with my mind, it's always racing. I'm always thinking about things. I mean, ADHD, like you're always having compulsive thoughts about something. So when I hear a certain song, like that reminds me of my past, most of the stuff that I'm creating is stuff that happened to me or something that like, that I can relive again by creating the content itself. So if I'm hearing like, um, like some Shania Twain, my mom loves Shania Twain, you know, I would think of a content like right now, um, listening to Shia, Shania Twain when I was younger with my mom and then listening to it now, I'm jamming out. You know, I, I, I like Shania Twain with, with some of the music and stuff and that could be relatable to some people. Um, and honestly, I've seen a couple of that uh, content going around, but um, yeah, so realistically with content, people think I'm spending hours and hours like, oh man, it must've took you a long time to, to film that or think of that, I'm like, actually, no. It took me like five to 10 minutes because I'm always thinking about whether a song comes on on Spotify or, or a random song or anything like that. I'm always thinking and then just creating right then and there. Um, so you, so the, talking through that, so the, like most comedians, the greatest comedians always, you know, and artists in, in general, the art comes from places of, of pain or pleasure or, or the past, right? It's always the same, same sort of thing. So your process is actually quite similar, right? Like different things almost trigger you. That brings up a memory. Then you mm -hmm. overlay it with some new thinking and that creates the the concept of, of whatever, right? Yeah. So, but it's obviously non nonstop because you've brought up being, you know, ADHD for, um, 
for a couple of times now. So, so talk me through that. So you, your brain doesn't stop. How are you, uh, practical question, how do you document down what goes on in your head so you stay sane? How do you, how do you have the outlet? Where do, what do you do? To be honest, I plan and write things down. I have a journal. <laughs> I write everything down so I don't forget and it doesn't drive me crazy. Because if I had that thought like an hour ago and I forget about it, then it kind of messes with me. So I make sure that I either write it down or jot it in my notes for my phone and then just make sure that, you know, it's, I'm organized that way. Um, and it, obviously I've seen a therapist and that's it's been good for me. So how many ideas do you currently have documented that are not created yet, but have got out of your brain onto paper, but not online yet? <laughs> we, we, we're tens, twenties, hundreds, thousands. What are we at? I have uh, around 50. So Okay. 50 different concepts. Okay. And then do you, uh, so you have 50 different ideas of things you may want to create. You'll see something, something sparks back out and then you go back in and then, and then flesh it out a little bit. Like talk me through the process of how you sort of break these, these things down because the, the, the story behind the story, like we see the Morgan Wallen, you know, regulator pop out. We don't see the thinking behind it of how long it took to get there or whatever. So talk me through some of that process of the, of the creation side. Yeah. So when I'm thinking about a certain thing, I want to obviously post from my Instagram I, I think of, okay, this actually will be funny. Um, so one thing would be like something I've gone through with my dad, like having a lecture or anything after he like sasa me or, or, or beat me up and he'll lecture me and he'll say, Junior, you know why I hit you? You know why I hit you? I go, uh, no dad, why? It's because I love you. It's because I love you. And like, that does not make sense. Like it still hurts, you know? I mean, obviously that when I post something like that, it's relatable to not only myself, like other cultures as well. Like I've talked to Mexicans, I've talked to yeah. even white people and things like that. Just, just really bring it in. Cause I feel like right now we're all racially divided. Um, but my whole thing is, I guess I've, I've been creating a lot of commonalities uh, with the content that I've been putting out. So, um, what, you're, cro- you're crossing over a little bit too and, and that was what I was kind of talking about for in terms of the culture side where you know in New Zealand uh, years ago there was probably one of our most famous comedians of all time was a guy called Billy T. James who was a Maori uh, comedian but he was like a, literally was doing skits he was a Chappelle show wow. 20 years before Chappelle show right it was early 90s like just classic things but he would he would cross over this mix between white culture and brown culture in New Zealand and Pacific culture. And he would do it with humor and he would run this line down the middle. And what, what was um, cool about uh, what one of the ones he did, and I keep coming back to the, the Morgan Wallen regulator thing was someone then remixed it. And it was basically, it looked like some full redneck American dude with the goatee, thing on and he's just there like full like America like he just just looked full American cowboy redneck like hickey white shit right but he's there and he's listening to it and he's just like not impressed but then it was funny by using content with the right way with the right humor then he buys into it it's like you pull you pull and draw them in which kind of crosses that culture because you'd never usually have this one to the other do you out of those 50 ideas is there this running theme that you kind of see between like like unification or like people and th- like there's, there's something, there's something in there, which is, you know, comedically 
kind of genius in many ways because you're, you're hitting the, the touch point of of culture, but done through humor and content. Yeah, so it's so funny you talk about that because with that that video, I think that's almost at 2.5 million views now, um, which is crazy and still being liked and I'm still seeing notifications on that. But um, a lot of people, especially white people, because obviously the, the theme is like, when my white friend, you know, invites me to DJ at their wedding, whatever. Um, a lot of white people on there are like, who doesn't know regulators? I was like, I know plenty of white people that know don't know regulators, including my wife. I mean, she's from like, she's from Utah. Like she was born and raised in Utah. She didn't even know who Warren G is. So yeah, there are, there are groups of white people that don't know who that is. And that's what I was relating to towards that. And, but Anyways, what I was getting to, like the the content creation behind it, you know, white people are like, "Hey, I'm white. This is really funny to me, actually," and I can see why it's so funny and relatable. And you know, other races on there, like, "Dude, this is classic. This is awesome. Keep going with this content." Next person, the Mexican guys, "Hey, hey, do do the Mexican wedding or like do a retirement home or something like that." And you know, I've obviously gone along with that um, with that uh, rhythm with that with that motion. So, um, some hit, some don't, but you know, it's fine. (laughs) But there's something to it where when you hit that thread that hits both sides, it pops because it's true. You know, it's Mm -hmm. at 2.5 million because it's true. It's at 2.5 million because there's this, but you're hitting that under, and what's cool too is when you finally see, you know, the other side almost convert over when all of a sudden, then you've got the dude who would never have heard of or hates regulators, nodding his head along and then into it because it's got something that he can attract into. But there's like those, those moments are similar to sport where, you know, you may not be able to speak the language, but you play the same, you've got the same love for the same thing. So you have a mutual understanding of the respect for it. Right. Right. So when you, um, so it's kind of, I guess on the, the the culture side, which I think is where it definitely pops. So when you think about the expansion now of, of what you're doing with the mission behind it, especially around this mental health side, how did, where did that become the driver that was around helping others instead of potentially helping yourself? Because because a lot of, you know, 99% of creators are creating for them. <laughs> and then this, when it's such a core part of it, you know, for you creating for others. Uh, talk, talk me through that from the mental health side. How did this come about and why? So for mental health, um, what's really helped me like cope with a lot of stuff that I'm going through is really helping others like having that perspective of helping others see my content. I'm seeing so much positivity with the comments that I do release uh, along with my content and just doing it for them. Cause I've been in, I've been in what it's like to be depressed, anxiety, visiting the ERs because of panic attacks or whatnot. And um, really releasing my content. And to be honest, Robert, like I've, I've had messages like, hey, you actually saved me from killing myself. I've had a few. It was like, and I don't know if it was serious or not, but they were saying, hey, your videos have really distracted me from ending my life. And from and then I got that message like two months ago. And that's what really turned my mind towards, okay, this is this is content created for people to distract from whatever hell they're going through and keeping them smiling or laughing with, with some type of content that's relatable to their lives. 
So that's what really turned it around for me in that perspective. Uh, and honestly, it is creating for me too as well because I'm relating to others in that in that aspect. So, yeah. What it it feels. Um, a lot more real and tangible when messages like that come through to know that this small little thing that you're doing outside of, you know, this isn't your full-time job. You're not a full-time comedian or a full-time creator. You know, you're creating out of passion and love and all of a sudden this thing that you create, I, I call it like breadcrumbs. Like you're creating these digital sort of breadcrumbs that are going out into the ether of positivity and you're hoping that they hit that somewhere. You're hoping that they stick somewhere. But then when, when it is, but then to get a message like that, all of a sudden it's like, hey, like I'm just doing some funny videos to make people laugh and have a good time. But you know, the, the escapism that it's providing for some, for some people that view it, that's real shit, you know, like it's, it's, it's real, you know, and I'm sure you probably showed your, your wife that and she's like, well, I knew you're funny, but probably not that funny. Like, I mean, what's the, what's the, <laughs> like saving lives, saving lives on YouTube and Instagram. Jeez. Like how, how heavy is it to actually get a message like that? Cause I'm imagining there's probably not too many people that have got messages like that. It's pretty, it must be humbling. Um, very humbling, very, uh, I guess, um, perspective changing, I guess. Cause I mean, it was all fun for me, but now it's like, Oh man, I'm creating this for to prevent something or pre- prevent someone from hurting themselves. I'm like, mm. so there's more purpose driven to that, and I definitely don't ever want to hear of like any of my friends or anyone that I know that has done that. But obviously, with the recent passing of Twitch and the recent passing of other you know celebrities coming out, and for that message to come out to me, I'm just like, oh man, this is serious. Like this platform could be used for good now. Um, mm. So I got to be careful what I do and in terms of like what's funny or not. So I don't know. What? It, it, it's a bit heavy too, right? Because with so many of the crew that, um, like say like for Twitch, like I remember some videos and stuff popped up of like 24 hours beforehand. He's there with his wife, hanging out, having a good dance and the smiley friendly face, but you never know what pain sits right behind it. You know, you never know what people are actually going through for it. And it becomes trickier, right? So, you know, it's it's cool that the outlet that you're you're creating and f- for, the, for the reason why. So where does your headspace go when you think about, you know, like what does what does success kind of look like for you? Like what does what does winning look like? What what will what will a what will a win be in your mind when you think about the the sort of career path that you? I guess it's a it's a side project that's starting to get it kind of crazily out of control, awesomely cool. But at the same time, your brain obviously goes to some spots of going, oh geez, where does where's this going to? So when you think about where this road is sort of starting to head, now that you're doing what you're doing, what does that look like? So. Now with the kind of attention I am getting with social media or Instagram in general, um, it, it got my mind thinking that, you know, I, I'm in the mental health space. I'm seeing a therapist. I would like to create some kind of program where mental health therapy is free for people. You know, I don't know if there's a program out there. I'm, I mean, I'm fairly new to the content creation game. So, you know, um, I think my thing now is trying to find people or brands who are kind of on that same mission as me to find that kind of care for people that are in need. I've had a couple people from LA say, Hey, I probably have ADHD, but I can't afford to get a diagnosis or I don't know who to go to. Do you have any resources? You know, and unfortunately I don't because I 
I don't know who to talk to, but for my for my platform that I that I have created, I now go live on Monday at 9 p.m. and Friday 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for people that need to have an outlet, leave their comments, or if they want to hop on live with me and talk about what's going on, so other people can hear and kind of relate to one another and build each other up and you know continue the life that we're meant to live. So that's kind of what's going on. Well, I saw that. Um that pop up and you had, you know, a few of the bros and stuff jumping in and having a good chat. That was part of the next bit I was actually going to get into was um, it's not often that men, tough men talk about soft things, right? <laughs> you know, you know, so that driver, it's becoming like in New Zealand, it's becoming a, a lot more, you know, except, I mean, the, the classic would be, you know, tough man. It's like, oh, just suck it up, drink a cup of concrete, Harden up your pussy, yada yada yada. It's the same kind of like soundbite, right? And the reality is, a lot of these men struggle. A lot of these men are going through their own battles, but there's no um, safe spaces for them to feel like they actually can. There's no, um, there's no tro- Trojan horses where you can have this vehicle that you can use as armor. You know, in New Zealand, we had a very famous um, ex-professional sportsman, uh, John Kerwin, Sir John Kerwin now, uh, who basically he created that for, for men's, for men to be able to talk about, um, tough men talk about uh, sort of hard things. Now, what, what do you think's happened in society that's got men to that point now where, they feel that way that there is, they feel there's, you know, no one to talk to, nowhere to, to, to go, nothing to do. And that builds up to this, this, this mental headspace, which puts a lot of people in some pretty dangerous positions. Like, how do you think, how do you think we got here? I think, uh, expectations from the older generation, right. You know, I think that's why, uh, I mean, my parents, my dad, especially, he grew up in Samoa with no parents. Like his parents kind of like, all right, we're not going to deal with you anymore. Go live with your uncle or something. And he yeah. had to live from house to house in Samoa. And if you, if anyone's ever been to Samoa, it's pretty much huts and villages and things like that. And for him to live in that space and survive out of that, he took that experience. And obviously when I was born, brought me to Anaheim, California, where I was raised and wanted me to never make him feel or never make anyone feel like he felt that his parents treated him, you know? So, and it comes from generational trauma, I think, you know, well, your dad or my dad did this or like, you know, have you heard the, the, the argument in rush hour between Jackie Chan and, and Chris Tucker? Well, my dad can catch a bullet, you know? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he caught a bullet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dad, he caught a bullet, you know? And, it, you know, it was funny at that moment, but, you know, there was arguments, you know, there's arguments, oh, yeah, my dad did this, my dad did that. Oh, yeah, my bad. My dad threw me out a window and beat me with the vacuum, you know? And, you know, I think we were supposed to be built into toughness to handle the things of the world. But as things develop in the world and become new, us become new to that thing. Like, how do we build mm. toughness to that? So I don't know. Well, it's a tricky one. I think you hear something with the generational side of things. The the you know our 
parents' generations, you know, if it's, you know, if you're 60 or I don't know, 50, 60, 70 now, whatever, um, it was like, she'll be right, harden up, let's get into it, boom. It feels it's changed now where, like, you know, parents today are like, how are you feeling? What's going on? Whatever. Do you think that it's going to take, like, another generation of our kids then coming up where that's their normal to, like, it's, it's become a lot more normal now in 2023 to talk about mental health, mental well-being, whatever. Like, yes, it's kind of getting used in some places with, you know, some tick-the-box tick stuff with not really care, it's just like kind of they're treating it like a campaign without too much consistency. But do you think that, you know, your children's time, the next, the, that next gen up, that will be, you know, normalised to actually care and to have, you know, a lot more easier for tough men to talk about harder things? Yeah. So I think as the years continue to progress, I think our children will um, normalize it. Right now it's it's in the starting stages. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously with like the recent passing of, you know, celebrities and things like that due to mental health or suicide, uh, it, things are starting to open up for men to be able to express their feelings, emotions. Um, because to be honest, I... I had a huge panic attack when I was 26, and that's kind of where my mental health um, had started, and that was in 2016. And it was just basically everything that I held inside as a man. All the frustrations, trying to get a career that would pay me a ton to provide for a family, um, to be that strong man that hopefully a woman could take me and believe in me and see that she can be confident in everything that I'm doing and all that pressure just amounted. And obviously I blew up, you know, I went to the ER thinking I was going to die because of a panic attack. So for me as a man, normalizing this and saying, Hey man, it's okay. We can talk about this because I've been through it. I'm still going through it. I'm not saying I've overcome the mental health space, but I, I want to be able to integrate myself with others and, kind of doing this and building each other up as we go. I was going to actually ask sometime this feels like there's a danger. Like let's say if you're a comedian, right? Everywhere you go, everyone you meet, they expect you to be funny because yeah. you're a comedian. They yeah. expect you to da, da, da. Have you had days where you felt like you're supposed to be funny or supposed to be something, but then you're feeling that not, but you kind of have to put the face on. Like, has that pressure has that pressure come yet? Um, no, not yet, to be honest. And I think because of my unique niche that I've created for myself, being funny and being in the mental health space is kind of like, hey, Junior's going through it too, but he's making these mm -hmm. videos for all of us to feel, you know, okay or to feel distracted from what we're actually going through. So. I mean, I had a couple of people say, hey, I love your videos, man. They're really helping me out. They're really funny. Not an not an expectation like, hey, here's a ball. Do something funny with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, whereas in like Robin Williams, who's like one of my favorite comedians, I mean, took his own life, but he actually is really funny. And... I think for him, I think that pressure amounted to him and no one really taking him seriously. Um, it got to him. And mm. therefore, you know, rest in peace, Robin, Robin Williams. But um, I think that perspective, I think that what that question 
you know, I think we have to be careful because we just don't know what the situation is with certain people, especially of his stature. Well, I was kind of, you know, where my brain was going to was if you're waving the flag for mental health, you feel the pressure to kind of perform, not not like it's like dance, monkey dance, do some shit, whatever. But when those days come, the difference is not like a celebrity where you've got to put the fake on. The The reality is you documenting the, the real transparency of like, hey, I may be funny, but I'm going through stuff. This mm. is actually what's up. And that almost becomes a superpower because it's not seen as a liability for others. It can actually be an asset which humanizes, you know, you in a way to, to, to your followers and your viewers. It's like, he's one of us. He goes through shit. He has bad days. He has, there's things that he deals with. This just like the rest of us, you know, just one of us, one of us, one of us. So in many ways that, that fear of what is a liability potentially is actually another asset because you're using that as the vehicle to become the Trojan horse of yourself to the platform, which you're now doing. Right. So that, right. that's actually kind of, kind of genius in some ways. Yeah. So that's why I've done, I'm doing lives on Monday for a motivational Monday and then a mental health check on Friday to basically cover that basis and being um, on the same level as people like, Hey, this is what I'm going through. I hope you guys are having a good week. Let me know what your thoughts of what's going on with your start of your week or at the end of the week, I'll say, how did your week go? Mm-hmm. This is what I went through this week. What's going on? So, so if know. you, if, if you listen to this now, say, you know, you're an alpha male, you're a tough man, <laughs> you know, doing, doing things, doing manly things, but you got feelings. What would you sort of, um, what advice would you sort of give someone that's in that space that, you know, you know, yourself, you're saying when you're 26, you've had this, all this stuff sort of bottled up and whatever as well. You know, if, if you're a, if someone, not necessarily a man or whoever it is that's got these things bottled up, how would you recommend them potentially navigating their way sort of out to a better, better space from, from the stuff you've gone through? What, what have you learned that could help others? Oh man, to be honest, I'll, I would ask them, I like to call them like inspired questions. Like, hey, I see that you look frustrated. What's the cause of that? You know, hmm. like I've seen in your recent, men- like your recent posts, you, you're you're saying tough it out. You know, stop doing it. Stop stop uh, making excuses. Just just do the work. Doing all those. There's something driving you to post those things. Like, what's going on? How can I help you? type thing break just trying to break down the barrier brick by brick but obviously you know some people will respond in a negative way some some will do it in positive but um for me for those who have that tough man mentality eventually you're gonna break they all do it yeah we all do it i did it i had that tough man mentality and i'm gonna be real with you you're gonna break eventually and if you don't take care and obviously alleviate those feelings, all the traumatic things that happen in your life, you're going to be just like me visiting the ER. And you're going to die because your mind just got too much. And obviously it sends signals to your body. Um, well, yep. So to the point of that, it, it, is that, you know, <laughs> tough conversations with people you care about? Is that, you know, front footing the energy when you feel it's off to check it in. That's not just like, Hey, how's it going? But actually how's it going? So my, the one I'll ask is like, you know, how's things actually like yep. I wait 
and then I use that word actually and then it's just like it's not the copy paste soundbite bullshit it's actually you know what's up you know we're going going through it you know um it it's a tough one when you know you you're trying to fight battles which you can't even see are happening because they're in someone else's head it's right. like trying to trying to you know diagnose someone else's creativity but you can't see what they see you know, you can't see what these, these artists saw because you, your brain's not there. So then when they're going through stuff, they can't sell that vision. It's like, you know, so many, like some of the times I still am so tripped up when every time I like hear some of Kanye West's interviews, some of the genius stuff that he's talking about, he's just on a different frequency with his brain levels. And then some stuff you're like, bro, calm your stuff down. What are you thinking? But it's that same point of you can't see his genius sometimes. So you can't see some of the things that these, these, you can't, um, you know, and and people have tried, I'm just saying him an ex example, but more so the point being whatever's going on in his head sometimes doesn't get articulated the best way. <laughs> and I don't know whether that's the circle, but maybe that's part of it as well. Maybe it's it's having that really trusted circle around you. So, you know, what percentage of men do you think, there you go, what percentage of men do you think don't have an actual tight circle around them? These tough alphas that you see externally Oh, but don't have an inside circle. What do you think the number is? I think there's a lot of lonely men out there. Um, and I only say that because I've had multiple messages DM to me saying, hey, I don't have a group of men that I can depend on. So if I were to give a number, I would probably say 80%. Funny you say, I was just thinking, I was like, maybe it's like 70 to 80%. Or they have a group, but they don't have the bravery to talk to them. Right. Exactly. You know, or the other side, it's like you, you, you're like those teenagers at high school scared to ask the girl to dance. Like you both know you want to, but no one's brave enough to take the first move, you know, to pick up the phone, to drop them a text, to say what's up, check in and whatever, you know. So how do you – do you um, say with your circle, do you – like how do you check in? Do you um, – do you like have – like little little group chat. Do you have a little calendar invite? Do you like what, what what? How do you like practically engage with some of your circle? Just checking in with all the crew. What, what are some of the things you do? To be honest, like I don't have a crew, Robert. Mm -hmm. So I'm one of the one of the people. So I guess I'm kind of creating a crew for myself with my content, or like going live with people. That's your people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. You know, it's, I'm, I'm kind of getting emotional about that right now. You know, I've, I have reached out to people, and especially men, and I don't blame them because they don't have an answer for what I have, for what the things I've experienced. So for me, I'm trying to change the narrative on that. So how I would get someone to talk to me about their experiences is sharing my experiences first. Well, you're kind of, you're front footing that, right? Your outlet maybe selfishly, maybe the selfishness from your side isn't around fame. It's actually bringing those, that, that magnet for others to be able to engage with that, that's, that's cared for, that's enjoyable, that's, that's showing others potentially what you didn't have close around you that you can then give for others. Right. Like that's, that makes it even more meaningful. Right. Yeah. 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 That's some real shit. <laughs> yeah. No, so in a good, in a good way though. Right. In a good way, because you felt, you found, yeah, I have a group of, of, of guys that I talk to about football and sports and stuff like that, but none of them, there's, there's there's not a space for us to talk about the stuff that we go through. It's just like, 
exciting things to take our mind off stuff. What's well, escapism, right? And so, so part of, so maybe part of your, your platform by scheduling the outlet for others is actually the outlet for yourself too. The Mondays, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is kind of genius. So the the so this the selfish the selfishness is actually selflessness because the same outlet for yourself is also helping others. So it's actually one plus one. plus you're creating content with it as well, mate. So you can you again a trifecta. You're helping them. You're helping yourself, and you've got the and you've got the content going out the door. But it's cool, you know. It's I um I do think your point you're around the generational change is happening. I do feel that we're treading in the right direction. But it is flipping tough for for more tough men to have tougher conversations, right? So if there was a um, final question before you go, I'm interested to know, if you could wave the magic wand over all alpha males all around the world, all these these rah-rah tough guys, the too cool for food, suck it up, blah, blah, blah. What would you, what would you wish upon them or how would you like to see things change if you could wave your magic wand across, across it all? Uh, eliminate your ego and humble yourself mm-hmm. because just because your life is going well right now with the amount of money you're making um, may, may be cool for, for the moment, but um, it's a lonely journey in the men's world. And what better to have a a greater life than involve others who really care about what you're doing other than doing it yourself. So erase the ego, open up yourself so you can create a platform that will involve everyone that will really care about what you're doing. Cause man, I feel like when you start businesses in a man's world, they do all these things to set it up, but it's a lonely journey. Mm. Uh, but why make it lonely when you can create a platform for yourself and involve people that you know would care about your mission, and that mission will be taken care of from the people that you care about. So, jeez, and just like that, <laughs> dude, I, I, I can't, mate. I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to become a flipping pastor within three years. That's what's supposed to probably happen. You're going to be the, the Utah pastor. Um, dude, I really, I really appreciate your time. Good banter. Best luck with the mission. And it's awesome. I get a bit of insight to how, how your brain works, especially in, in this, in this kind of funky world that you're into now. So congratulations on all the success. Absolutely awesome. And stoked for you, bro. Real cool. Appreciate you, Robert. Thanks for having me. Much love, brother. Good chat. Ciao, bro. How good. Always interesting finding the headspace of creators with what they're doing and why. What are the outputs? What are their inputs? Why they're doing what they do? And you know the kind of the byproducts of it. And obviously the byproduct of you know this this humor and this content that he's creating merging between you know a bit of cultural tension or community tension or the escapism for many just to be able to engage with. It's cool seeing uh, people that are creating not necessarily just on the driver of I want to create and I want to be famous and I want to actually do something to help others, which is super cool that he's he's genuinely doing. I uh, appreciate you all tuning in. You know, underlying tone as well of that mental health piece around the, the men, right? Like, why is it so tough for tough men to have harder conversations or soft conversations? You know, this generational gap that I feel that we're playing in now where, you know, what was suck it up, have a cup of concrete type stuff is now definitely transforming and morphing where we realize that the headspace matters, mental health matters, looking out for others matters, checking in matters, all these things 
that weren't potentially cool or whatever are now becoming uh, part of the mainstream. And I hope generationally this changes and gets better for all. I hope you enjoy the rest of the day. Whatever it is that you're up to, thanks for joining in here on Rebet Live on Today FM. Uh, you can download the Rover app wherever you get your podcasts. Also just hashtag Rebet Live, R-O-B-E-T-T, live, and you're good to go. Have a good day, team. Be good, be great. Stay out of trouble, stay out of mischief, and uh, I'll see you soon. Peace.